0: Sire, sire, they may be bandits. Oh, bobbycock, female bandits, what next? Rubbish. My dear ladies, uh, you have my permission to kiss the royal hands, whichever you like, first. Mm, Oh, how gracious and generous. Sire, sire, did you see what they... Stop Stop hissing in my ear. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Oh, you've hissed your last (laughs) Suspicious snake Masterfully done, Your Excellency (laughs) Now close your eyes and concentrate Close your eyes, tight shut, no peeking, sire Oh, <laughs> from the mists of time, come forth, spirits. yoo <laughs> Okay, little fireflies, glow, babies, glow. We're waiting. <laughs> Uh-oh! Look, sire, look! Oh, incredible! Floating spirits. Oh, <laughs> naughty, naughty! You mustn't touch, young man. Oh, how dare you strike the royal hand? Shh! I'll <laughs> break the spell. Just gaze into the crystal ball. Oh, de, lally. Oh, de lally. Oh, a face appears. A crown is on his noble brow. Odelali, oh, a crown! How exciting! His face is handsome. Regal, majestic, lovable, a cuddly face. Handsome, regal, majestic, lovable, yes, yes, cuddly. Oh, that's me to a tea. it really is. Mm. Now what? I, uh, I see, um, your illustrious name. But I knew my name. Get on with it. Your name will go down, down, down. In history, of course. Yes, I knew it. I knew it. You hear that hiss? Oh, you can't. Uh, He's in a basket. Don't forget it. And that was our featured Joygasm moment of the week. This being from the classic Disney animated film robin hood this particular scene was of course toward the beginning of the movie where robin hood and his best bud little john disguise themselves as fortune telling gypsies and cause prince john to pull the huge entourage over in which they are able to bamboozle prince john into getting his jewels as well as his gold, without him knowing any of the wise, eye, I guess you would say. <laughs> but uh, that had—I mean, the the movie itself is chock full of hilarious scenes. You you can tell that the animators and the voice actors were just having a field day with this particular film, <laughs> and I think that the the folks who were actually doing the. Um, the the films during that time period of Disney, you can tell that like all their films that they were doing there were there was this similar type of chemistry that was going on, because I think that there were actually quite a few. Um, gosh, I mean, like *Sword in the Stone*, I think had the same animation team as uh, *Robin Hood*, which was the same, I think, as uh, what was it like uh, *The Rescue*. Or the rescuers the or rescuers, something. Yeah. And uh I think they may have even done uh Aristocats, perhaps. I mean it was it was all around that that time frame where they, they just were coming out. I think the jungle book was another one. Kind of had that like 70s, 60s, 70s swagger <laughs> uh to some of the personalities that you that you came across. But um this, of course, was just it's one of our favorite moments from this particular movie, just because. The voice acting is superb and it's just when you when you watch the, the animations themselves, I don't know about you, Steve, but like it to me when I'm watching it, they mimic like what I would expect how actual people like if we were watching a, an actual film with people or we're out in, in the real world and we're seeing something like, like this play out. The expressions you see on the animals faces, I would totally see on like a real person's face. Well, I think that's what's partly
1: missing from some of the the real life Disney uh, films is that you the animators can get the exact perfect expression that yeah. they're looking for, and with an actor, they can they can do like joy and you know bamboozled or whatever, but it it might not be exactly the scene or the look that they want. But the animator
0: can can do it perfectly, and I I really appreciate too kind of there, there was a bit of an edginess to the comedy back in the day that you don't really see like, like today's Disney films, it's a bit safer, I guess you could say. I think that, that there were, it's difficult to, to explain, but there was kind of a a twinkle in the eye, so to speak of the creators of these, these films Um, almost like a a mischievous group of, of folks who like just want to have a fun time and like kind of wink at you kind (laughs) of thing. But overall, Man, it was it was fantastic. And um, did you have anything else? That did you <laughs> want to say about that scene, Steve?
1: <laughs> so, partly, what you can't see when you're listening to this is that Little John is this lion, uh, or excuse me, King Prince John. Right. Is is a lion, and he, he is, wishes
0: he was king. Yeah, right. But his brother is King Richard.
1: Right. And so his little buddy, his little sidekick is this, his, yeah, hiss is this large green snake. And so what happens is when, when his is saying his S's, his, his, his tongue is, is wagging in the wind. And so he's trying to speak quietly to the lion, but the little tongue of his
0: is flicking in his ear. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> And again, the, the timing of and, and just the, the quality of the animation, I'm seeing Prince John's face like, ah! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like any one of us would totally make that facial expression if we had some sort of long tongue all of a sudden tickling the inner right. uh, chamber of our ear.
1: I think the only... <laughs> I think the, 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 the other classic scene that I remember since I was a kid watching that movie is when towards the end of the movie, when they're robbing the castle mm-hmm. and... Uh Hiss is in a cradle at the foot of Prince John's uh, bed. Yeah. And they're both trying to sleep. <laughs> and he has his nightcap on. He has his nightcap on, but his, and his feet are kind of dangling over at the end of the bed. And Hiss is snoring. But uh, <laughs> not only does a snore sound funny, but he's going... <laughs>
0: and yeah. his little like tongue is waggling in the
1: wind. But since Prince John's feet are hanging out, it ended up tickling his feet. Yeah. And so in his sleep, Prince John was like totally like donkey kicking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I forgot about, about that and- too. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, that's another terrific example of just the, the gags. I, th- right. I think the, the visual gags in this film, as well as others, I would say like Sword in the Stone, which we featured I think just a, a couple episodes ago as a featured joy Guys in a moment. They do a lot of those things with their characters, and it's it just, I don't know, to me, it's great entertainment. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Steveovich, and dreams come true in episode 147 today, November 14th, 2019. We have a magical show in store for you today. Gaming News has the Sonic Mania artist redesigned Sonic for his feature film. Bethesda closing a studio only to reopen it as a new studio. And the Microsoft Xbox XO19 announcements that just went live today as of this recording. Uh, uh, Oh, by the way, I have to apologize. I... Realized after last week's episode of Joygasm went live that we completely forgot to do the technology uh, feature uh, from Lego. If you recall, I, <laughs> during the opener, I was talking about how like there's this brand new product that Lego's rolling out, and uh, well, kind of got by me, and I apologize for that. But I and I know Steve, I know you especially being the I was humongous. Lego fan that you are are deeply hurt Looking and forward uh, to that. needed therapy due to the fact that I forgot to cover that. So we are in fact going to cover that uh, with this episode, Steve, just, no. just, just so you know, in terms of movie news, there is a little development regarding Andy Circus, And there's another, this is, so the other thing I want to talk about is uh, Alex Trebek. And you know what? Actually, now, now I'm thinking about it. Because this is not really like a movie news thing. Maybe I can I can talk about it during kind of like the the what's new segment. I think I think that'll be appropriate. So, speaking of Steve, yes, Ronson. what have you been up to lately? What have you been playing? What have you been
1: watching? Ah, uh, well the uh, the new wife and I have been making our way through the Hobbit trilogy,
0: as opposed to the old
1: wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And um, the future Mrs. X. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we made it through the first movie and then we are made it through the second movie. And now I just got the third movie, The Battle of the Five Armies. So we're going to go ahead and watch that one. And, of course, I watched Blade again with her, because we're going to do our little Patreon episode on that one. Mm-hmm. 2049
0: or the original?
1: No, Blade.
0: Oh, Blade. 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 <clears throat> I'm terribly sorry. I could have swore you said Blade Runner. No, <clears throat> I did not. Apparently, my brain was doing fill in the blank. And um, <laughs> You say I, Blade, I say Runner. Uh, right.
1: I played a little bit of The Outer Worlds. Did you know? Yeah, I'm still not very far, but uh, you know the the fa- the facial animations and that, um,
0: not so good. But not so good. Obsidian has never been on the forefront of graphics tech, but their games have been really really good in terms of like the Star Wars, uh, Kotor two, I think it was they were on, and some of the other titles. Like they're they're just known for really great storytelling, yeah. and uh, really solid RPG mechanics. Mm. But is it, but yeah, it is a bummer because I, I know what you're talking about. Just playing through it, it's like, golly, man, I wish that they could just push past that hurdle and, and make it uh, even more of, a, of an aesthetic tour de force. But go ahead. And then we twitched some Metro Exodus.
1: We yeah, did. So that was fun stuff. I did download another mobile game, Russ. Mm. Um, you're going to um, mm. You're going to recognize this If I play the uh, the old classic MIDI music think, uh, think Long and hard about that Russ It could be a ringtone Does it sound familiar? It's starting to That part If I played the title screen, which I have to actually get past an ad because there's ads all the way through it, (laughs) um, (laughs) you would recognize it. But that is Shining Force.
0: Oh, my gosh. And so you have it on your phone. Yes. And this game is important to me, Rush. I know it is.
1: This game got me into RPGs. Mm. I played it when I was in seventh grade I watched you play it, and I thought, mm, I don't know what's so, what's, I, I don't get it. You know, what's
0: though? I remember that I first was introduced to it by our mutual friend, Mr. Jeff O'Brien, who I was spending the night at his house, and right. he had "Shining in the Darkness." Yeah. So, "Shining in the Darkness" came out before that. That was
1: before this one. That was the first one. "Shining right. in the, "Shining in the darkness," "Shining yep. in the darkness." And then this one came out, and I didn't really get what the big hoopla was, but you guys kept on talking about it. And I remember Jeff laughing about it, like these little, little characters doing stuff, uh, you know, jumping around. I mean, they're only like the size of a nickel yeah. on screen. And so I thought, you know, I'll just pick it up and play it sometime, you know? i just play it. And I played it, and I couldn't put it down. I, I even woke up early before getting ready for school so that I could have my Shining Force time in before class.
0: As well, you should. And I haven't. That's been a s- wonderful series. I haven't been the same since. I know, I know. It's a uh, an unfortunate series of events that uh, they do that Sega does not continue that series because I really do believe that they could do something that would be kind of appropriate for the next-gen platform.
1: Yeah, they kept making them, but they just weren't the same. I think they just kind of rehashed the story and rehashed the story and rehashed the story. And I think after the turn-based combat, it never really was as fun for some reason. And it never could pick up Steam. So, I mean, I I was on YouTube and I was looking around for other versions of the game, like on PS2 and and whatnot. And it it, I don't know, the beginning was great and it just didn't. It didn't fizz out,
0: (laughs) or it did fizz out, I guess. But yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes sense. So, have you actually started playing the game, or did you just download it? Yeah,
1: I play it. I play it. uh, when I go to bed, I play it. Uh, sometimes on uh, my break. <laughs> Rust, you all kid? Right, all yeah, Rust. All right. Yeah, you remember? I, I figured I would just make sure. You know. You know where I am, Rust? You remember the mountain that these people made into a home? They kind of dug into it a little bit, yeah. and, you, and you get the bird characters. Uh-huh. Okay, that's where I am. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm. Remember when the <clears throat> when you are supposed to get the little ship, the mayor's ship. And sail to a new region of the game, and the ship catches fire because you uh, you told the baddie who's boss. Remember that? I, I kind of remember that part. It was the circus scene when, with like, you have to the, the big boss was some big mage freeze level three, mm. hardly get past it. You remember mm. that now, Russ? No, I
0: don't. Oh man, you're, you're losing me on that <laughs> one, Steve. I'm sorry, but I'm just gonna have to download it myself and check it out and play it and relive those particular glory days. Well, it is. Uh, it, there is
1: ads. So when you uh, when you play it, if you pause it and then unpause it, there's an ad. And then when you start it, every single time you start it, there's an ad. It's th- they're all thirty seconds. I'm sure
0: there's probably a version that you can buy that will get rid of the ads, right?
1: Um, there's some how to do it. Yeah, it wants me to log in somewhere and do something. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but you, but with the game, with the download, you get Shining Force One. You get Shining Force two and Mm. uh there is a uh third one here i'll think of it in a second it's gonna it it, oh no yeah no it's shining in the darkness yeah the way they have them in sequence is totally out of order but
0: um weird anyway what have you been up to well i've been having fun in the outer worlds i'm currently at level i believe 13 i'm at level like two Yeah. Did you have you have you gotten off the initial planet that you crash land on? No. Well, actually,
1: did you really crash land? Because it seems like you were you're purposefully sent there.
0: Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. So you you didn't crash land. You (laughs) you crashed (laughs) with purpose. Yeah. I was gonna say uh, you were falling with style. How about that? There you go. Uh, But what's interesting is eventually you will be able to get off that rock, and then at that point the game really opens up because. You can go to all kinds of different worlds and um uh, you know abandoned asteroid space station places and uh, you learn a lot more about what's going on and so uh, it's just fun I, I you know it's not as epic as say like Mass Effect 2 or Final Fantasy or anything like that but it's I th- what I really enjoy about it is that it's it's just fun like it doesn't demand. My fullest attention. And sometimes, if I'm just kind of a zombie by the end of the day, it's just nice to be able to sit down. And um, I've really gotten used to the UI, the inventory, how things work. And so, you know, I don't have any problem sitting down for a couple hours and, and just kind of making my way through it. So, been doing that. Have, I also, what? Have you played Lunar, Russ? That's where I really want to know. I have. I, I was going to get to that, but <clears> I, I can <throat> talk about it now since you brought up. So, I have a bit of a problem. great. I was making my way through, and unfortunately, I don't know how to save my game. Furthermore, the other problem is, like, like, I don't think this was, this this was definitely not the case back when I was playing it on Sega CD. I'm playing it on mobile, and I was making my way through, like, the first dungeon, and I, I, I made my way pretty far into it, and then I end up croaking and the game like goes back to the title screen. I'm like, wait a minute. That that can't be right. Like, and there wasn't any crash or anything. I mean, it literally like, it was like, oh, too bad. And then it goes back. I'm like, <laughs> hold on a second. Like this is an RPG. Like there has to be a way. And I, and I was trying to click through the various menus and, and, Try and find something that says save game or, you know, at least have some kind of auto save feature something like that. So I'm trying to figure that out because I am not about to, like, make my way spending all this time. I mean, you got it was the funniest thing. I'm like on my my, uh, recliner, totally comfortable. have a blanket over me because it's like 30 degrees outside. Have the cat that's on me, she's asleep on my lap, and I'm totally getting into Lunar, just having a great time. And then when that happens, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, I've been sitting here for like an hour enjoying this game, and it, it's just it, it's lost. So, anyway, Steve, I gotta well, figure out sucks. what the heck is going yeah. on. But I, I mean, there, I'm sure there's something that I just haven't found on it yet. I watched the newly. Redesign Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer. Have you seen this, Steve? Russ, no, I have not. Well, I'm here to tell you that <clears throat> Sonic looks oh so much better. Gone is the freak show that we saw from the first rendition. And in its place is a Sonic that is much more familiar and relatable. And you just go, yeah, that's way more a Sonic than I'm, I'm used to. It turns out that the the crew the 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 folks behind the the movie seeked out an artist who has worked on a lot of Sonic games like like the most recent one was Sonic Mania which I've had a really fun time playing it was kind of a return to form in terms of like the the sixteen bit side scroller pixel art and it was just it was super cool to like see um what he was able to do with the visual effects team and his twitter's totally blowing up in fact if i were to look him up i um i want to actually give him proper credit where credit is due but i'm actually surprised did you did you hear anything about this or not
1: well i heard the fans were going rabid and were giving him a bunch of mumbo jumbo oh i wasn't mumbo jumbo they yeah, they had good reason to uh Flick him in the earlobe a couple times, but to
0: get his art straight. So his name is Tyson Hesse. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. His last name is H-E-S-S-E. So <clears throat> Hesse, he- yeah, Tyson Hesse. <laughs> and uh, or maybe maybe it is. I don't know. But he like just to give you an idea, like that is his rendition of how Sonic should look in the movie, and it looks way better than the atrocity that was, uh, was on screen. So the jury is still out uh, for me personally, in terms of whether or not the movie is going to actually be good. I do think that's a huge shove in the right direction though. And I think the big thing for me is I don't want there to be too much time spent on earth. I really want to see Sonic in his natural habitat. And I know that there are scenes based on this new trailer that actually show like green Hill zone. And it looks awesome. Like you see him going, doing the loop de loops and everything else. And so I hope that at least half the movie, if not most of the movie is more in his world as opposed to being in ours the whole time. I don't know. I just, I just, th- I, I don't think that there it's necessary to be on earth. I want to be, I want to be, taking on a ride, Steve. I want to be going going and visiting another world entirely. Yeah, a Fantasy land. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I know exactly what you mean. And I do think that Jim Carrey is a really good choice for Dr. Robotnik simply because of, of his antics and his physical humor, that sort of thing. So I'm looking forward to that. And they did show like little previews of like how he looks more in like, like the Sonic universe. And he's got like the huge mustache just like Dr. Robotnik and stuff. So... At the very least, I'll go check it out. It may not be good, or it may be good. I don't know. But I've, I've been given a shot in the arm of good faith, Steve. <laughs> now, another thing that I wanted to share with you um, was the, the whole Alex Trebek thing. And I'm not sure if you've heard about this or not. Are you familiar with how Alex Trebek um, is fighting cancer? Yes. Okay. Uh, of course, Alex Trebek is the host to Jeopardy, and he has been the host of Jeopardy since 1984. So a really long time. And there was a heartwarming moment during the, the final Jeopardy round this uh, this past week. I think it was like on Tuesday or something uh, that left uh, the longtime host of Alex being pretty emotional um, and uh, I actually have the the clip right here. I was gonna. It's really short, but just to like set it up for you. Um. So they're they're doing they're at, they're at the phase of the game where you have the three contestants, and they have written down the answer after the music plays. You know, and then they 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 also have a a number that they have placed um, their answers on. And so, if you answer it correctly, then you get that much more money. If you answer it wrong, they subtract that much amount. Well, one of the contestants did a really noble thing. And he intentionally answered the question wrong just to send out a message. And um, I'm going to see if I can get this to, to play correctly. Can you see it all right? Yeah. Let's see if I can.
1: Let's take a look at your response. Did you come up with the right one? No? What is, we love you, Alex? That's very kind. Of, <laughs> thank you. Cost you $19.95. You're left with five bucks. Okay.
0: So, did you, did you catch uh, the visuals on that? Yeah. Um, so, it totally took Alex by surprise. I, th- I think it was just super cool how... He was willing to to lose that money that he was working on, just to be able to say that message to him. And you and you can hear Introbeck's voice. I mean, you can. He's like trying not to cry, but the um, um, the tournament. I guess it was like the tournament of champions or something. But the contestant's name was Drove Gar, and he ended up betting uh one thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars of his two thousand dollars in the final round with his answer, of course. Um, what is we love you Alex and I, I even liked like how he acknowledged that and so that's very kind of you you know thank you um but he apparently he's been battling pancreatic cancer since he was diagnosed in March of this year and in May he announced his cancer had gone into remission but apparently he um, had it return higher than his original diagnosis after undergoing the chemotherapy and that sort of thing, which is just, it's really sad. So um, I was doing some digging and and apparently he was um, doing an interview with the Tampa Bay Times and I have a quote here and he says, I've lived a full life, a good life, and I'm nearing the end of that life. I know that. I'm not going uh, to delude myself. If it happens, it happens. Why should I be afraid of that? And so uh, fans apparently have come together to show their support around the internet in response to uh, the situation. And after, oh, it was Monday's episode. I'm sorry, not Tuesday's, Monday's episode. The hashtag, we love you Alex is trending on Twitter in the United States. So, um, and, and that contestant, uh, Mr. Gower, uh, he actually went on Twitter and he said, I'm just very grateful I got the opportunity to say what I know everyone was thinking, sending all the love. And then he put a hashtag, we love you, Alex. And so I was like, man, that is so cool. Like, what what a great story. That's that's what social media
1: should be all about right
0: there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's just crazy. And I didn't realize how long he had hosted that show. I mean, Alex Trebek has become such a, a household name. And of course, you know, Saturday Night Live has been uh, doing lots of fun, Making parodies of Jeopardy, but they do so because they love Alex Trebek. Right. I mean, it's, it's not mean spirited or anything like that. So, uh, in addition to that, I bought a couple mobile games myself.
1: Hmm.
0: One is called Boss Fight. I'm checking that out, mm-hmm. seeing if that's uh, worthy of my time in the long term. And also, there's a new game by Epic Games that came out and uh, I actually have not even started playing it because I'm waiting for it to to finish downloading it just got released today and it's called Battle Breakers and my understanding is this is like an action RPG so I'll let you know next episode Steve what I think of that game So, segueing into our gaming news, just to give you guys uh, more perspective on the Sonic Mania artist, I have some additional notes here. So, Sonic Mania artist Tyson Hesse has revealed that he was recruited to head up the recreation of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie design following fan rejection of the film's original character design. Talking on Twitter, Hesse explained that he worked with modelers, riggers, texture, and fur artists and animators to help redesign Sonic the Hedgehog. The end result is an anthropomorphic hedgehog that looks like the actual game character rather than a strange human-hedgehog hybrid made in a lab. Or a stuffed animal. Yeah. Hesse said that he was honored to have been asked, noting that the experience was a thrill that he'll never forget. Hessey has a long history with Sonic, having contributed to the Sonic G- comic series and created the animated intro for 2017 Sonic Mania. He also developed spinoff animated shorts for the game. So I say, as I said earlier, kudos to the film crew for seeking out someone like that, because, hey, I think uh, if you're going to go Sonic, Dive deep into the vault right there with the uh, creators, artists, and designers. If you're going to do it, do it right. Exactly. Now, Bethesda forms a new studio made with former Prey developers. If you recall, Steve, the Prey series actually is one of my favorite series, even though only two games came out. The first one definitely being my favorite. Bethesda has opened a new studio dubbed Roundhouse Studios in Madison, Wisconsin. This new studio isn't a brand new collection of developers, however. The team is comprised of the members of the original 2006 Prey developer called Human Head Games, which recently closed its doors while arranging for the new deal with Bethesda. I have a couple of quotes here. It said, sadly, we had to wind down the business of Human Head Studios and close its doors, which was particularly devastating due to the passion and creativity of the team. We dissembled, Roundhouse Studios creative director Chris Reinhardt said at a press conference. We reached out to our friends at Bethesda for help, and they saw that that same creativity and passion in our team. With the formation of (coughs) Roundhouse Studios, Bethesda offered every employee of Human Head a position at the new company. We are excited our team will remain together, pursuing the work we love as part of a company we already know and admire. End quote. Human Head Games' Operated for about 22 years, creating the original Prey, The Quiet Man, Rune 2, and others. They also provided development support on Bioshock Infinite, Just Cause 3, Batman Arkham Origins, World of Tanks, and others. So there's definitely a whole lot of talent coming from that developer. And honestly, I'm glad that it, you know, for better or for worse, it sounds like they, they were able to have a happy ending. You know, I, I, I could see like all the, the folks there, like freaking out initially, like being like, oh, great, I'm going to get laid off. Only doesn't say, oh, what? but wait, there's more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of have like a brief heart attack and then go, okay, so I'm still gainfully employed. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Finally, Xbox XO 19 announcements. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to look at any of these game trailers, Steve, because they got released today. And when I mean today, I mean like in the afternoon of today.
1: (laughs) I mean like 20 minutes ago.
0: Yeah. So there's a number of titles that uh, received kind of a a launch segment. Rare announced its new game titled Everwild. This was actually one of my favorite games that was demoed at the, uh, the show itself. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but I really like the art style. It looks like it could be some sort of action, adventure, RPG Something thing. Something. But game. I, th- I, I, I think you'd like it. <laughs> I think that at least from a from a art direction standpoint, I think that you'd dig it. Uh, also, Outer World creator Obsidian announced another game titled Grounded. That one didn't really... Strike me as much. It's like you play the role of this kid who gets. It's it's basically like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where you, you like you play this like tiny little kid and you're running through like the backyard and you have to fend off bugs and stuff like that. I was like, eh. Is the character's name Rick Moranis? No, no. <laughs> Hellblade developer Ninja Theory showcased their new title called Bleeding Edge. This is another one that I want to get your opinion on when you get a chance to check out the trailer again, it's just like an announcement trailer. So you're not seeing any kind of gameplay, but in terms of the art direction, I think you do get kind of a a sense of the, the in game graphics. (sighs) So uh, definitely want to get your opinion on that age of empires four was also shown. I think we have to pick that up, Steve. I have never played any of the previous Age of Empire games, but this one in particular, it was striking my fancy. Okay. Have you played any of the previous Age of Empires? No. None of the AoEs? No. Life is Strange dev also revealed their new title called Tell Me Why. I still actually need to play the Life is Strange games. I have both of them on my Xbox all ready to go. And also another news announcement worth talking about is that Rare's has talked about sea of thieves getting new content ah oh, snap is this the stuff we're gonna have to pay for that i don't know oh come on, I'm, I'm not sh- that is a resounding maybe but of course any kind of new content with sea of thieves is, is a welcome one so we'll have to we'll just have to find out now going into movie news I really only have one story here to be able to share with you. Oh. Fine, folks. I uh, let's see. Andy Circus has officially been cast as Alfred Pennyworth in the upcoming movie The Batman. And of course, director Reeves took to Twitter to share the message, saying, "Quote, and here comes Alfred with footage of Circus running down a red carpet, high-fiving fans." Circus and Reeves previously worked together on Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, so clearly there is some camaraderie there. They have some work history together, and as a result, there's probably a whole lot of creative trust between the two. My thing, though, is I don't know if I would have chosen Andy Circus to play Alfred. Right. I think I would have, if I was the director been frothing at the mouth to get Andy Serkis to play one of the villains. Right. Like, he would totally rock being one of the villains. I mean, can you imagine him being, like, a penguin or Riddler? I was was
1: actually thinking the penguin.
0: Were you really? Yes, it was. Wow. Very nice. Anyway, you have different cast members that are slowly getting leaked out. It'll be interesting to see who else they're going to be coming up with here. Okay. When it comes to the story that I forgot about. (laughs) Here we go. Which again. (laughs) Now is old news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I totally apologize about uh, in terms of forgetting to talk about it last episode. Lego reveals 1989 Batmobile. How many pieces do you think this little doozy has Steve 5,800 no less than that Steve it's not as big as the uh, nah. Star Destroyer <laughs> it is 3,306 pieces I was actually thinking more along the lines of three Where I are was you thinking 3,000
1: or three comma I don't know I see
0: <laughs> well set is based on the Batmobile from Tim Burton's 1989 Batman movie which of course is one of my all-time favorite movies <coughs> excuse me it will be released on November 29th, which of course is Black Friday. The $250 USD set is being released in celebration of both the film's 30th anniversary and the character's 80th. It includes the 23 inch Batmobile, so that's just an inch shy of two feet long, complete with a slide open cockpit, oh, yeah. wrap around windshield, and two hidden machine guns with pop up function as well as a rotating display stand. But what about fire coming out of the back, Russ? Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, You may have to cost extra for that. Yeah, that's a pretty important option. The set also includes three new minifigures. Batman equipped with a Batman 1989-inspired cape and Batarang. The Joker, equipped with a gun. And Vicky Vale. Oh! Equipped with her camera. Stop the press. Who is that? It's Vicky Dale. <laughs> uh, it's 17 inches high, so it, that's pretty good size. 26 inches wide. No. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm sorry. No, no, oh, this is not Get right. Get your measurements right. I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry, Steve. No, it is. Uh, I was the original one. Well, we'll stick with just being under two feet long. Sorry. Russ is just learning how to use a ruler. I, I have no idea uh, how this works. I'm sorry. Get ready to storm the castle. It's time for the topic of the time. <laughs> Of the day is our Disney Plus impressions. So this has been quite a long time coming, but the Disney platform known as Disney Plus officially launched this week. And so both Steve and I have had the opportunity to give it a once over and be able to report back to all of you lovely listeners. I do have some uh information, Steve. That I thought would be fun to be able to kind of kick things off a bit
1: before, okay. we, before, we, before we get into sure. the nitty gritty.
0: What do you got? Okay. Okay. So Disney Plus surpassed 10 million subscribers on launch day. The company right. announcement comes shortly after a new data revealed that the Disney Plus mobile right. app was downloaded 3.2 million times. I read the first that. 24 hours. I was on Yahoo. Excellent. Very good. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Variety reports that research firm Aptopia broke the data down across the three territories that had access to Disney Plus at launch, estimating that 89% of the 3.2 million downloads from the United States, 9% stemmed from Canada, and 2% emerged from the Netherlands.
1: As Canadians don't like Disney. I don't know why.
0: Really? Yeah. I, mean. I think you're I think you're just pulling it out of your behind. <laughs> <laughs> For comparison purposes, it was estimated that the Netflix app was downloaded 662,000 times worldwide in the first day of its original debut with the U.S., Canada, and the Netherlands. That is so random. Like, what? The Netherlands out of all the countries in the world? I don't know. Nothing against my fellow Netherlands friends. It's just kind of weird how it's always United States, Canada, and the Netherlands. But that took up approximately 140,000 of that total figure. So... As a direct result of the downloads to mobile devices, the Disney Plus app also managed to claim the number one spot in the overall charts on the Apple App Store in both the U.S. and Canada, while the app landed second place in the Netherlands. Hmm. Further statistics indicate that with an immense catalog of titles available at launch, Disney Plus users collectively spent 1.3 million hours streaming and watching the content available to them on the platform for the first day of release. (laughs) The new Disney Plus streaming service does not include the infamous Simpsons episode, by the way. And I thought this was worth noting right off the bat here, Steve. There's uh, an infamous episode featuring Michael Jackson as a character, and this was actually spotted by The Hollywood Reporter. The episode, titled Stark Raving Dad, is not available on Disney Plus as part of the compilation of Simpsons episodes.
1: I can venture to guess on the same day that Disney Plus launched, eBay was flooded with all kinds of DVDs and Blu-rays that people said, hey, don't worry about the vault, just buy it
0: from me because I don't need it anymore. Well, and it's funny that you say that because... Also, after Disney acquired the, the key assets from Fox, they discontinued that episode with all new DVDs and stuff, like any kind of physical media uh, that, that has gone out. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's becoming something that would be a collector's item and, of course, harder to come by as time marches on. But I thought it was interesting to be able to, to key on for a moment just because it is an example of what happens when you have another entity suddenly acquire your IP and they're making certain decisions that perhaps will edit or omit uh, certain types of uh, content that make up a certain IP. And so while it's not like it's it's an episode that I'm dying to watch or anything like that, it, I mean, it, it definitely is an example of how they they have the power to be able to make any kind of unilateral decision that they want to make, and there's really nothing you can do to stop it. Oh, no. <clears throat> so. There's the door, huh? If you don't like it, you can leave, <laughs> huh? <laughs> uh, and, of course, you know, for for purists, that's a big deal, because if you're, like, a diehard <laughs> fan of The Simpsons, you want every single episode. You You don't want... <laughs> You don't want to be at the mercy of the mouse house picking and choosing what you can and cannot watch. It's my way or the highway, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, there was a technical issue. The Hollywood Reporter also detailed that user reports began to appear on social media at approximately 7 a.m. Eastern time that the website uh, downdetector.com... Um, it, it, I guess, like, it monitors behaviors of w- websites and downloads and stuff. Apparently, there were, like, over 8,000 reported issues during the day. Um, but then the, I think it, like, it pretty pretty much it got quickly resolved. I think there was, like, this initial, like, like the press were hungry to try and, like, report some sort of disaster for Disney. But it really wasn't a disaster at all. It was kind of a minor road bump. And I've got to say, as someone who works in the tech industry and has worked. I mean, I I've worked at uh, Verizon uh, on their, their Fios platform and you have like a huge platform that, that acts as like an aggregation hub and you're, you're having all kinds of of users streaming your content and that sort of thing. I'm really impressed. I have, I personally, I think there was one time on the opening day when we were, I was watching something with my daughter and the film paused, and so we just all we had to do was just restart the movie just one time, and that was that was it. That was fine; it played through seamlessly. So I haven't had any kind of issues. I know that early on, I think I think you have like the super hardcore Disney fans that just they instantly started to, to stream and try out the platform the moment it went live, and so they, some of them were met with the the whole like, oh, we're experiencing technical difficulties screen, but I think that that's been done. Away with it, they, they fixed it. And you've seen this yourself where it is so cool how every show or movie or whatever it is on Disney Plus that I watch, it is instantaneously crispy. There is no streaming or having caching issues trying to catch up where like you have more like pixelated visuals and then all of a sudden it becomes sharp again, like you do on like Amazon Prime or Netflix or any others. I mean, it is crispy from the get-go. I, I'm like, dude, okay, this is this is super cool. So anyway, with all of that out of the way, let us segue Steve into our impressions of the platform. I would like to start off with you. Go ahead. Well, the
1: I mean, it's clean. I'll say it's clean, but it looks just like yeah, I think you would expect it to look. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's clean, it's organized. It kind of has the, the same similar look to it that Netflix streaming has or has updated itself to be. I don't have Hulu, so I can't say that. It doesn't look like Amazon, so I, I will say that. But it does look very, very similar to Netflix. You got the little menu stuff on the right where you're searching. You got your your you know main categories of old Disney stuff and Pixar and Star Wars. They make it simple, which... You would hope it would be simple in this day and age, and especially with with Disney, with kids liking it, adults liking it, should be pretty user-friendly, and I think it is, you know? I But I will say, I mean, there is, <laughs> with Disney, all being Disney, yes, there's a lot of stuff to look through, but it's... Got its limitations because there only is so much Star Wars stuff you can watch and then you're done watching Star Wars. There's only so much Marvel stuff you can watch and then you're kind of out of Marvel stuff to watch. You know, kind of the same thing with all their their shows. So I I don't know. I mean, as far as the, the way it looks, I like it. But I think it's kind of capped as far as what it has to offer us.
0: <clears throat> so I, I agree in terms of the UI. Mm. um, It's a classic design. It's very easy to digest instantly. I don't think they're necessarily pushing the envelope. Mm. I do really appreciate the animations, though. I really like how if you select one of the subcategories and you just, just hover on there, you don't actually click on it, it actually has this looping animation that was in... The, the, the same theme as whatever it is. So if it's Star Wars, it's got kind of a Star Wars animation. If you're on Pixar, it has like the cool like Toy Story Pixar clouds that are moving vertically. And I, I really love little touches like that. Those are the touches that to me are, it's just more showmanship. It has that high production value. It's not just like static imagery that you're highlighting and clicking on. And of course, too, when you go to these subcategories, being able to have some kind of like nice you know it's muted, but you but the the hero area at the top has some sort of a quick little like montagey film clip thing.
1: It's kind of it's kind of like the app. It's it's the YouTube app for the Xbox. Like if you load up the the app and you scroll through the selected videos, like newly uploaded, whatnot, it shows you like well they they do like
0: snapshots like it's almost like if you were watching the video at like five or ten frames per second it like does this like really and, and i mean it gets the point across in terms of like oh i get kind of a snippet of what to expect this though this is like nice smooth 24 frames per second i mean i i dig it i think it's really cool but i also agree too in terms of how all these platforms uh, you can tell that the, the the design sensibilities are starting to all kind of come together to have not the same thing, but have a very similar look. In fact, that again, that's what we did when when I was working at Verizon was I was working on files for mobility and we were doing the same kind of thing. You have like the, the hero graphic and you have like your trays down below and that sort of thing. So it makes sense. It works. You just played footsie with me, didn't you? <laughs> so let's jump into The Mandalorian. Of course, the first thing that really stood out to me was how um, they don't have all the episodes ready to watch in one sitting like right. Netflix. You know, Netflix, they've taken on the model of just if you want to binge watch through the entire season of an original series, you can do so, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. With Disney+, Plus, however, I can see why they did it, though, from a strategic standpoint, where they want to maintain their subscribers, keep them coming back for more, so they're going to dole it out once a week as opposed to having everything come out at once. I'm curious to see if that model sustains over the long term, or if perhaps if they get enough original programming in place and there's just like a ton of stuff that's being launched on Disney plus maybe they'll they'll copy Netflix's thing do you have a preference on that not particularly no okay I don't really either because like like if I'm watching you know typically each episode is about an hour long and so I'll get through like you know maybe two or three episodes before I'm like yeah I'm kind of done for the day and I'll watch some more tomorrow or something like that but I, I know there are people out there who are just like oh I want to watch it all in one yeah city.
1: I mean there there's there's a there's an argument to to either way because sometimes depending on if they have everything done and they're just trying to make people wait in anticipation salivating give me the episode and then they're just like well, we're just gonna keep it you know we we'll release it whatever and then it might become annoying because then that's kind of like tv sure you know tv like if you wanted to watch sopranos and you have to wait a week or you know two weeks three weeks whatever i forgot how often the, the new episodes came out but you're going. I'm tired of watching the reruns. I try to watch the same episode. Give me a new episode, yeah. And you pay for additional service. You, you kind of want to avoid that. Yeah. At the same time, there. I mean, it is kind of nice to watch an episode, digest it, or kind of be forced in a way to digest <coughs> it and think about it and wonder what's going to happen with the next episode. I just hope there's going to be a happy medium that they're not going to wait or or make people wait too long till the next episode comes out.
0: I think it's going to be a weekly thing. Hmm. I I think I read somewhere about how, um, in the the Mandalorian's case, each new episode will be released on Fridays. And then, apparently they're going to change it. Why, you ask? I'll tell you why.
1: Um, I don't really... Okay, go ahead.
0: Because the new Star Wars movie comes out on a Friday. And so they want to make sure they get the bodies in the seats of the theater. So at that point in time, it's expected that they'll probably bump it to like a Wednesday or something. Hashtag <laughs> butts and seats. Exactly. So what'd you think of The
1: Mandalorian? The yeah, first um, episode? It was, uh, you know, I'm glad they, they took a more serious approach to it. Me too. Oh man, it's about time. I yes. mean, come on. Miss Kennedy
0: don't put the jokes aside bring some maturity back uh you know i got to say i think this is going to be a really fun show to watch i was really Impressed by the production value of the show itself, I and mean, it looked like a movie. It didn't have like like a cheat feeling at no, all. No, it didn't. The fact that John Favreau was the director, Johnny Fabs, exactly, He's my boy, Iron Man, John Favreau in the director's chair was, uh, I think, a huge bonus. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like I definitely liked how the pacing of the first episode was. We got introduced to this particular Mandalorian. And we got um, a brief glimpse as to who his kin or tribe or posse, whatever you want to describe it as, which I thought was really cool. And even some of the supporting characters that, that we um, were introduced to as well. I liked all of them. I didn't think anybody was a sore thumb or, or didn't do well at all.
1: Uh, I have to get there, right? I will say.
0: Okay. The high point for me, actually, was watching IG-88, which if you're not familiar, is one of the classic bounty hunters from the scene in Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader has a bunch of bounty hunters on his Star Destroyer and he's talking about how he wants to hunt down Han Solo. It's funny how they make these
1: droids. and It's 2019, but Star Wars was created In in the 70s. And they're still trying to make these droids look like they're from the 70s, but in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. <laughs> that's so
0: weird. But I think it's cool because I think that's what makes the, the visual art direction of Star Wars so unique. You know, you have like, like IG-88 is definitely more of like a... In terms of aesthetic, it looks a bit more archaic. It looks more tactile-ish. But... What I thought was awesome was how the animators had a field day with, like, how it could still be deadly. I mean, the way it was able to, like, rotate itself around and, like, be able to instantly see where the enemies are and have multiple arms, like, shooting and whatnot. Really, the only thing that that I felt was a bit of a hindrance was, like, when it's just kind of walking forward. It doesn't have, obviously, the agility that the Mandalorian has, but it's still a force to be reckoned with. Right. You know, what it reminded me of is you've seen, I know you've
1: seen them, those, like, their, their DARPA videos on YouTube right. that are making, like, these, like, crazy, eerily similar to the Terminator robots. I saw one recently where it's a, it's shooting targets, metal targets, and they're knocking the thing down, and it's shooting quick and it's hitting all the targets (laughs) and there's a a scene where the guy totally knocks the robot down on its back and flips it over and within like three seconds the thing flips around and shoots the target at a perfect like spot (laughs) i'm like oh my goodness yeah this is how we die
0: (laughs) (laughs) what did you think of uh the jeff goldblum series Cause that's an original series for yeah. Disney Plus.
1: Yeah. So it was it was entertaining, but it's kind of like mind-numbingly entertaining. Like I I learned very little from it. It's kind of like I learned quite a bit. I don't know. I mean, it you're was, you're no expert in shoes. Yeah. I, I right, but I don't feel like I'm. I've learned a whole lot after watching his shoe episode. I mean, he's talking to different designers and. It's entertaining. It just felt like I kind of set my mind at the door and then kind of watched him be Jeff Goldblum around a bunch of folks who were really into shoes. And yeah.
0: it was entertaining. Um, I was impressed because, honestly, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. And I do think sometimes Jeff Goldblum is a little too intense in terms of his... Uh, hand, uh, hand movements, <laughs> gestures, <laughs> Well, I mean, it's touching... Just- <laughs> I would say he has, um, he, he, his personality works really well with this type of show. And I do enjoy listening to him talk and do things, but there, I mean, there were a few times where it got a little intense in terms of, of the Jeff Goldblum antics and stuff. However, having said that I actually really enjoyed this kind of discovery episode of sneakers, for instance, like that was the main theme of this particular episode and it was just cool to be able to, to watch him. You know, he went to the, the Adidas factory. He met with some of the R&D folks there. And he's he went to, like, some sort of shoe con, which I didn't even know they had, something like that. I mean, I suppose I should probably just embrace the notion that there's a convention for everything these days. But, I mean, watching as people were paying tons of money. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars for shoes and him getting his own unique pair of shoes after he met with someone who was called like the, the was it the, the shoe surgeon. Is that what it was? Surgeon uh, yeah surgeon. Anyway, uh, I am going to be watching more of his show as a result just because i I thought it was fun. I don't think it needs to be this over the top edutainment or anything like that, where you're sitting there like, I learn stuff every three seconds. (laughs) Well, I mean, it it has National (laughs) Geographic on there. I thought it would be just a little bit more informational than it was. Sure, sure. Do Do you have interest yourself in watching more episodes of the show? It would have to... Yeah, maybe. I mean, it would... yeah, Depending on the topic. Okay. We also checked out the Disney Imagineering, which we didn't get all the way through. But for me... I was totally geeking out on that. I really loved like peeling back the curtain and seeing kind of the origin story of how it all came together. In this case, it was talking about how Disneyland was built and they interview a lot of the the Imagineers who of course, you know, they're, they're um, in their, their upper years now. And so I think it's fantastic that they're able to document this. And I, for one, I'm looking forward to Watching the the second half of it, I don't know if it's just one episode or if they're planning on having part two, part three, part four. I don't, I'm not too familiar with, with that particular thing. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, actually, I thought the same way. I thought, okay, well, there's this show could be cool if they're going to showcase all the, the different areas of Disneyland, and you know, from the get go, in the very beginning, all the way up till now. But it didn't seem that way. It just seemed like it was one show. And once you saw it, then you just saw it. And
0: I mean, I could see it like, you know, the first episode just showing like how like just the original Disneyland was built, which if if you think about it, the park actually was quite small. It's no, it was nowhere near as large as it is today. And I think Disney ended up, I think he purchased like all kinds of acres just And nothing was built on it at the time, but the idea was that if the park was a success, that they were able to build upon those acres. And, of course, we have seen that over time. So I I could totally see them doing episodes where, like, maybe they focus on just, like, Adventureland or they only focus on Tomorrowland or maybe they have an entire episode dedicated to the building of Epcot Center or maybe they talk about Disney World. You know, I think that there's a lot that that can go into. I mean, they could even have an episode that's dedicated to the um, Galaxy's Edge, which just opened up this year. But, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm not hmm? sure what is going on. I'll have to look that up. I'm sure there's some kind of uh One can only hope, Russ. I, for one, uh, really do, because, uh, like I said, I, I love that sort of thing. I was also checking out National Geographic. I typically... Uh, do not watch National Geographic shows in the past. It's just not something that I really got around to doing. So I, for one, am actually very excited that they are showing support for that entire platform. And there are all kinds of shows on there that I have not seen yet. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. In terms of The Vault... I tell you, it is a very surreal notion that I can go down to the category of From the Vault. I think that's what it's called. And I can... I can just scroll through, and I mean, I think they have just about every classic Disney animated feature film in there, which just blows my mind. I mean, I, for one, as a parent, got super excited at the notion that I, I essentially have most of the entertainment that I want to be able to experience for the first time with my kids. And it's all readily available. Well, that's... The, okay, so
1: you're more of a Disney fan than I am. That's not true. That is... Well, I'm a fan of the, I, don't, don't try and downplay your inner Disney a fan. fan of the vault stuff, but... There's only certain movies that I really want to watch. Oh, whatever. Repeatedly. Like, okay. What? So ever. If I watch Bed, Knobs and sticks which I want to watch again, I'm not going to want to watch it tons of times. Enough for me to like go out and get a subscription and pay five bucks a month. I, once I've seen it again, I'll be like, oh, you know, it was good to see that movie again. And then it'll be like another 15, 20 years before I want to watch
0: it again. I'm going to interject. Okay. The moment that you have children, Steve, I guarantee you, you will be watching it whether you like it or not. Come over to your house. No. (laughs) You will be sitting there with your kids because they are going to want to watch Robin Hood for the 20th time and they want no one else. They can think of no one else more than their daddy. Well, Russ. You
1: see, I own some of the movies and I don't have to subscribe to it. You don't own any
0: of the animated classics.
1: Yes I do. Which ones do you own? I own Sword and the Stone, thank you very much. Okay, there's bring one. Bring it over. Okay. One. And I own Beauty of the Beast. Okay, there's two. Those are off the top of my head. Yeah, that's all you have. I have to go back and look you you and have some have more <laughs> there's so many in there dude but the ones that i love i've already gone out and purchased
0: have you purchased robin hood
1: yes really yes what about little mermaid i didn't love the little mermaid i i remember it, little mermaid wasn't really that funny of a cartoon it was more like a kid's drama what about oliver and company I just, I, that was okay. I, did, I didn't really want to go out and buy that one. What? Yeah. That movie was great. Well, I'll, I'll watch it over here again. Oh my gosh. But again, <clears throat> I, is it, I am not motivated to go out and get another subscription to watch movies that I haven't really had that much interest in watching in the first, uh, second, or third, or fourth, fifth time <laughs> after my initial screening.
0: Well, perhaps it is more of a family-focused platform in that yeah. regard then. Yeah, okay, <clears throat> maybe.
1: But, but uh, same thing with like the, sorry, with the Marvel stuff. If I don't like all the Marvel movies, like the, 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 all of them are not totally awesome. There's some that are awesome. Sure. There's some that are okay. There's some that are very cool. Uh-huh. But the ones that I really like, I'll just go out and buy them and I'll have them. And oh, you know what else?
0: Uh, I, I, I would love to, yes. Probably just woke up your daughter. Yeah,
1: you mind. Probably mind. did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't have all the special
0: features. Yeah, it does. Oh come on! We, I, remember, I was looking and I, I like stumbled upon it. It was like extras. I think that's what it's called. Okay, there's a folder. There's a
1: folder. A little tab that says <clears throat> extras. That's not going to be like everything you get if you go out and you buy the
0: Blu-ray. Well, we don't know that. Yeah, okay. We haven't had a chance to look through that yet. But I mean, there's a lot of content and. One of the things to not forget about is, like, for instance, like your Marvel example. Uh huh. They have several original shows that are only coming on Disney Plus that uh, have uh, to do with the Marvel universe. Oh uh, no, oh uh, no. Well, don't you want to watch those? Oh, I yes, I do. But what? it's not worth to me paying
1: five. was it? Five bucks a month? Ten, like, ten bucks a month? No,
0: it's like either five or six dollars. Forty-five
1: a month. bucks a month?
0: No, it's like five or six dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if it's really good. I will go out and buy the series, <laughs> Russ. Um,
1: <laughs> I just don't see the point of getting a subscription
0: right now. See, I think due to the fact that there is so much content on here that I either have not seen or I just haven't seen in a long time, and they're just, they're just great. I can watch them over and over and over again. I think it's wonderful. Plus the original programming that will be a part of the Marvel world and the star Wars world, because not only do you have the Mandalorian, but you have like the star Wars clone Wars. You have, you have a lot of the other shows that I haven't seen myself and they're, they just announced that they're going to be continuing that on the, on the platform. And of course, national geographic will have new content being pumped up there. I can't say, you know, Pixar is probably the one that like, they're They're just not going to do that. they' they'll They'll pump up you know the the new shorts and the new and the new films that that come out when they come out. And then, of course, the original programming in terms of the Disney oriented stuff with the Disney centric characters, my daughter, for instance, loves those shows. So there's a lot of value. There's a lot of value there, Steve.
1: That's great, Ross.
0: <clears throat> and I want to make sure that uh, you are here when we watch Disney Princesses. Yeah, I'm thinking...
1: Hey, I'm gonna, we're going to be in our dresses. I'm going to be sick those days. My, I mean, my daughter's
0: going to be sitting uh, in the middle of, in between us and uh, the three of us will have our princess dresses. I'll on.
1: make sure I drink a lot of carbonation and um, <laughs> eat some Mexican food that day and uh, I'll have my bloated stomach sitting over and above my tutu.
0: Absolutely, as well you should. Make right. sure that uh, those... Hairy legs are in full display. Yeah. I'll get right on that. I, uh,
1: yeah. I'm my own princess.
0: I am the princess from The Princess and the P-Story. You are, you are a bed diva. So I don't think I've forgotten anything that we saw on Disney Plus, did I? No, no. I think you you covered it, Russ. Okay, so what are your concluding thoughts with regards to your first impressions of Disney Plus, Steve? Well, Russ, if I want
1: to watch something, I'm going to come over here and watch it with you. (laughs) That's what it's going to be. I mean, maybe I might give it a little gander, you know, and look through this, that, and the other. I got too much press stuff. Uh, You know what I I got... (laughs) There's there now now for example there is a show that is not going to be on Disney that's going to be on Apple Plus divided Pi uh, TV.
0: <laughs> Why does everybody love Plus? <laughs> yeah. uh, me Google Plus Apple TV Plus Disney Plus Plus you equals two. Oh. <laughs> it's two.
1: <laughs> Anyhow, so there's a there's a show coming out on Apple TV that I really want to watch. Mm. Now that's only one show. I'm not really interested in watching all the other shows. But Apple's doing the thing where they say, okay, you buy a device, you will give you like a free year. That's gonna be plenty of time for me to even watch the show and then maybe get to some other shows. And if uh-huh. I like it, I might get it. But I'm for, for me personally, I'm not saying I'm not ruling really judgment on the programming, Russ. I'm just saying you're more into it than I am. There's going to be some folks who want to d- go jump on the Disney old Don't be too cool wagon. for
0: school, Steve. Uh, I'm going to get you some
1: mouse ears. Too cool for elementary school. Oh. I'll let, uh, I think I'll just let you and good old friend Bradley just talk it up and Disney up and fur up. And we will do so gladly, Steve. up.
0: Yeah, we will do so gladly. All right. I will say, um, in terms of my concluding thoughts about the platform, uh, first and foremost, congratulations to Bob Iger and Disney for launching a platform that, I mean, pretty much was a flawless launch. I know there was that little bump in the road there, but it looks to me like they fixed it really quickly. Uh, Kudos on the UI design. It's definitely very easy to navigate through. And... Really, I mean, I think it's a culmination of what CEO Bob Iger has managed to do over the tenure of um his leadership at Disney because he he I believe was responsible of the various acquisitions of Pixar <clears throat> excuse me, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and Marvel, as well as 20th Century Fox. Like he's I think he's the brainchild behind taking all of these americana staples of pop culture, Mr. Moneybags, I'm telling you, but but it's it's really prudent and Disney, I mean when I when I think of like who could be a a long-term custodian of this type of content mm. that has staying power, really Disney's the only one I can think of. I mean they they are so big so and so big. Of course, Mr. Iger, I believe, I think he's going to be departing Disney in 2021, I want to say. Hmm. So, I mean, arguably having Disney Plus as a platform, I think that's kind of his magnum opus, if you will, where I think um, it's a culmination of all the different properties that he has been able to bring under the Mouse House. And do so in a way that's extremely accessible. I'm very excited and and pleased to be able to have all kinds of content that I love to watch at a moment's notice. Have it on demand and not have to worry about, you know, oh, is it going back into the vault? Or, oh, I don't have this one movie out of the whole line of movies. It's just, it's there, it's ready to play. I love how it's instantly cached. So um, I, for one, am looking forward to... Many a fun time with the family, watching a lot of stuff, and even you know, Shanghaiing you over here to watch more Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, you you say the word, Russ. You
1: say the word. Yeah. Um. Hi. Think I'm gonna touch you a little bit, and uh, then uh, touch my face, uh, and then uh, uh, this is. This is uh, uh, brilliant. <laughs> it's this, genius. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, I love it. My uh, hair looks <clears throat> delicious uh, today. <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, you,
0: you tickle me, uh, uh. <laughs> and 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 Met-
1: I uh, I like to laugh. Me-
0: me- metaphorically speaking, uh, don't touch me. I'll touch you. I'll <laughs> yeah. uh, get a restraining order. Uh, 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 restraining order against you. <laughs> That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week for our Ford v. Ferrari movie review. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm. That's spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M. And consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us to continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see a stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you all next week.